Welcome to the Josh Blair Ministry Podcast, a podcast all about bringing inspiration and encouragement to your daily walk with Jesus. We pray the message you hear impacts you as you follow Christ. Are you ready to get into God's Word this morning? Man, it wasn't such a sweet presence of God here this morning already in worship. I, it's, I, I couldn't tell you the last time I felt so overwhelmed in worship, uh, leading, leading, um, and so... Uh, hopefully that wasn't a distraction to you. I really felt the Lord was moving uh, in us. And um, I, I believe that tongues and interpretation that we received, if you want to know more about that, you can read in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and 14 about that. But I think it was right on. I think we, we needed to hear it. Some of us have been wrestling and wondering, God, where are you? Why don't I feel you? Why don't I hear you? And he's saying, I'm never, I've never left you. Powerful powerful. We're continuing in our series this morning on healthy habits. Last week, we discussed the importance of creating and and maintaining healthy habits in our lives because habits determine our destiny. Yes? Do you remember? Our habits determine our destiny, and what we continually do on a regular basis will determine where we go, will determine our identity. Like I said last week, you want to identify as a runner? Begin just putting your shoelaces on, stepping outside. Even if you're out there for one minute and you run a jog to the tree and back, you're creating an identity for yourself. You'll never be a runner unless you do it. Yes? If you want to stop smoking, you want to stop the identity of being a smoker, you can stop the moments you choose not to pick up the cigarette. But every time you pick it up, you're identifying with who that is. Yes? So habits determine our identity, who we are, what we do. Every action we make, every choice is a vote for the person that will become or the person will remain. Also, last week I spoke about creating habits in our lives that will help us accomplish our goals in 2019. And for the the most important goals that we can accomplish in 2019 is bearing fruit. Bearing fruit. Bearing the fruit of the Spirit. And those things happen, Jesus tells us, you'll bear fruit when you remain in me. You, re- you remain in my love when you obey my commands. And you o- here's one command I have for you, that you would love each other with the same type of love I have for you. This is how we bear fruit in our lives. And this is the type, this is the most important goal that we can set in this year. Jesus said that in John chapter 15, abiding in his love will help us to bear fruit. When we do that, we do it by living together. We do it by showing up. I talk about how creating habits in our lives, the first thing you need to do is master the art of showing up. Just begin to show up. If you want to start something, the first thing you have to do is start, right? I know that sounds real simple, but it is. You want to start something, you need to start it. You want to start reading your Bible, what do you need to do? You need to grab your Bible. You need to open it. You want to start praying more? The way you get better at praying is by praying. It just happens that way. Isn't that funny how it works that way? So you want to start growing fruit in your life, you need to start being with people. That's what we talked about last week. Doing the, 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 the habit of being in community. Mastering the art of showing up for each other. That's how we show love to one another. And so we relaunched our community groups and we encouraged all of you to sign up to be a part of those. We launched it. That last week was our first week of being in community groups. And if you're not yet signed up, I would encourage you to go to the back and find a group that's open and be a part of it. Because that is the single most important way that you're going to develop fruit in your lives. Is by saying, I want to be with people who I worship with on a Sunday. I want to go deeper. And especially if those you don't know, that's the best group to be a part of. 
because it's going to stretch you and it's going to make you more like Jesus. And so there's no greater opportunity to demonstrate Christ's love to one another than being in a community. And so now that we've established where our, our fruit can grow, it happens in, a, in the habitat of, humanity, of, of uh, community, then I want to talk about ways that we can begin to create space in our lives to hear from God and see the fruit of the Spirit develop in us. I talked about first to grow something, you have to cultivate it. You need to till the ground. You need to break it up. That is community. That's where we get, that's where the foundation of growth begins. But now I want to I preach to you today about a way that we can begin to hear God more clearly and create space for him to speak into our lives. This morning, I want to preach to you about fasting. Now, maybe, maybe you've never fasted a day in your life, or maybe you fast regularly, but regardless of your experience, I believe that God is wanting to establish something in us this year. And it will begin, begin by creating space in our lives to hear him and to feel his leading. And that happens when you begin to deny yourself and say, God, I want you more than I want this. I want you more than I want this food. I want you more than I want this activity. I want you more than I want this entertainment. I want you. Fasting creates the space in our lives for God to speak to us. So we're going to speak about that. I'm going to preach to you about that this morning. And fasting always must be coupled with prayer. You can't fast something without also seeking God in prayer, or else the fast is not going to give you the results you're looking for. Jesus says this in Matthew chapter 6, verse 16, if you'll turn there with me, or you can follow along, I believe we have it on the screen. Before we read it, can we pray together? Lord Jesus, we love you, and we thank you, God, that you've given us instruction on how to follow you well. We ask, Jesus, that you would speak to us today, that your word would be clear and concise to our hearts, that our hearts would be open to receive the words that you have for us, and that we would be forever changed from this day forward because of our encounter with you. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Matthew chapter 6, verse 16 says this, and when you fast, and when you fast, can I stop? So you didn't read very much. I need to point out something to us. Jesus, in this passage of scripture, in, in Matthew chapter 6, he's giving instructions on, on giving, on praying, and on fasting. And he starts every, every, uh, every section of instruction with the word when. Not if. He says when. Is it interesting that as Christians, we instinctively know, you know, if I'm going to be a, a follower of Jesus, then I need to pray, right? We, we, we know that. We also know that the life of a believer is a life that is, a, 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 that is giving. We know that. Whether it's paying your tithe or giving to someone who's in need, that's a, that's a description of what it means to follow Jesus. But why do we have such a hard time when it comes to fasting? I know I should pray. I know I should give. Today, we need to know that we should also be fasting and in prayer. Because that will unlock something in us as we journey with Jesus in this life that most of us have been missing for so long. Fasting is an essential key of following Jesus. Jesus didn't think, if you fast. No, he said, when you do. When you fast, do this. Continuing in verse 16, says this, when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces, that their fasting may be seen by others. 
Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. What is he saying? When you fast, don't let everybody know about it. Don't post on your social media, here are my 21-day Daniel fast recipes for the next 21 days. Everybody knows it. I know that that might be controversial because there's a lot of churches right now doing that, and they want to encourage people to fast. They want to give people recipes to fast. I understand the heart behind it, but Jesus is very clear about it. Don't publicize it to the world because that's your reward. You want to get something out of fasting? Don't make people's uh, admiration of you be your reward. Let God see you in secret. This is what he says. Verse 17, but when you fast, anoint your head, wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your father who is in secret. And and your father who sees in secret will reward you. Diving into this passage of scripture, I want to talk to you about what fasting is. What fasting is not and why we need to develop this healthy habit of fasting as followers in Jesus. Now, my comment before about people posting it, that's not to discourage them, and I'm not not casting judgment on them. I'm just saying that as, as believers in Jesus, that can't be our end goal to tell people that we're fasting, because Jesus was very clear about it, that we might be eroding the very thing that we're trying to build up. When we're saying, look at me, look what I'm doing. This is, this is what fasting is. I want to give you a definition. If you're taking notes, you can write this down. Fasting is denying ourselves of normal necessities in order to intentionally seek God in prayer. When we fast, we're made aware of our natural cravings and our attachments. When those things are brought to the surface, we can feel the emptiness that the lack of those things bring. And in that emptiness, we can be reminded that we should be turning to Jesus who alone can satisfy our needs. We are a people so engulfed by everything else around us. We don't know how to be quiet and sit still and listen, do we? We have entertainment that is bombarding us. We have social media that's right in front of us. Our phones have become our best friends, and we don't know how to set them aside. We don't know how to push the plate aside to fill emptiness, to allow the emptiness to draw us to Jesus. We would rather fill it with everything else that we can fill. Food, entertainment, friends, everything else. Bring everything else because I don't want to feel uncomfortable. I don't want to feel this emptiness inside of me. And Jesus might be telling us this morning, the emptiness I want you to feel is going to draw you closer to me if you'll allow it. Fasting creates the emptiness that you can feel that hunger again, that you can feel that Oh, inst- what's that? oh I, un- I logged out, I deleted it, I can't. Oh, this is the time I should be looking to the Lord. Fasting creates space for us to hear from God. When we fill ourselves up with everything from food to entertainment to shopping, so much that we don't have room for God, we can't hear from him when he speaks to us. But when we fast, we create this empty space to seek him. And what's the promise that God gave to us when we seek him with our whole hearts? That we'll find him. That we'll find him. And I heard this morning through tongues and interpretation that this year is the year that God is going to turn it around for us. This year is the year that he's going to set things on fire in us. And I believe that it was a timely message from the Lord because of the word that is being spoken to us today. Fasting unlocks the door for breakthrough. 
And if we'll begin to practice this with a deliberate anticipation of seeking God, with a return that God will move in our lives, I believe the word that he spoke to us will become our reality. Fasting creates that pursuit. Do you know that fasting has been a practice discipline or a practice habit for, for centuries? Throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament, it was something that would be done. You can read about it. Fasting would, it would happen nationally as a sign of mourning and repentance. Think about Jonah and the city of Nineveh that was far from God. And he gave them this word and they mourned and they fasted and they prayed to demonstrate a repentance to God. They fasted when they needed a word from God. Does anybody need a word from God today? They fasted when they needed a word from God or they needed strength or they needed mercy or they needed deliverance. You can see that in 1 Samuel chapter 7 and Nehemiah chapter 1 and Esther chapter 4. A fast that demonstrated, God, we need you. God responded. Fasting is the opportunity to hear from God and to receive from him, but but also know that fasting is not some magical guarantee that God's going to do what you want. Do you know that? Fasting is not a way that you twist God's arm into doing what you want to do. How do we know? David, when he sinned against God with Bathsheba and the baby was going to die, David fasted and prayed that God would, change, would, would, would save the child and God says, no, I'm not going to do that. Fasting didn't make it happen for him, but fasting still creates space for us to hear from him. So no matter how small or insignificant a fast may be, this act of self-denial exposes how we try to gain a sense of well-being by devouring what makes us comfortable. We, we don't even know how much we consume until we stop consuming it. We don't even know how much we're absorbed in everything else until we stop absorbing it. My wife tells me I'm addicted to Instagram. And she's probably right. Because every time I've now logged out of it, every time I pull it up, I'm like, oh, I can't, I can't look. It's, I don't have the password. I can't get in. I'm addicted to this. I'm even addicted to this motion. You know what I mean? Anybody else? Dad, on your flip phone? You can't do it. <laughs> it it's, a, it's an addictive thing. And I don't know how addicted I am until I stop doing it. Fasting helps us stop so that we can see what controls us. Fasting exposes how we try to fill our lives with things to make us feel good. But through self-denial, we can begin to see what controls us. Even a small amount of fasting, even just a meal or certain treats or fasting, the, the activity of shopping can reveal to us how little taste we actually have for sacrifice or for time with God. Isn't that true? Do you ever notice how hard it is to choose not to do something even when that something isn't bad for you? you know how hard it is not to do it? Because we're recognizing that I would much rather do this than pray. I would much rather do this than read the word. I would much rather do this than spend some quiet time with God. And that's not a condemning word because you and I are in the same boat. 
It is our human nature and desire to do things for ourselves and, and continue to, to pull things in to make us feel good about ourselves. But fasting says, stop, time out, recognize what you're doing. We have such little desire for sacrifice. We have such little desire to go into uncomfortable things. Fasting intentionally causes us to be uncomfortable so that in the uncomfortable moments, we can remember why we're doing it and we can turn to Jesus. It forces us to wake up and turn to him. When we recognize that to gain our life, Jesus says, we have to lay it down. And that's what fasting does. When we become self-aware, we recognize that it is in the sacrifice of our wants and our desires and our cravings and our attachments and our entertainment. When we lay those things down, we begin to gain our life again. Nothing robs relationships more than everything that we do instead of the relationship. That's why my wife told me, you're addicted to Instagram. I would rather you talk to you instead of have you look at your phone all night. But when I laid it down, I gained my life again. When I set it down, I gained my wife again because I demonstrated to her, you're more important than this. And when we begin to push food aside or turn off the phones or turn off the TV, we begin to demonstrate to God, you're more important than this. That's what we need to feel, church. We need to feel it. We need to feel it. Let me tell you what fasting is not. Fasting is not a diet plan. Some people say, I'm gonna, it's about the beginning of the year. I'm going to go on a fast. I need to lose 20 pounds. No, that's not what fasting is. There are benefits of fasting. Will you lose weight? Probably, but not, not the reason why you should do it. It's not a diet plan. Fasting is also not a way to make yourself more holy or more righteous. What does the Bible say? Any action that we take that is a demonstration of our own righteousness, Jesus says, that's filthy rags. Because your righteousness will not measure up to the righteousness I gave you already. We wear his righteousness. He said he gave it to us. So if we have the Lord's righteousness, there's nothing that we can do to make it better. Fasting does not make us more holy. It does not make us more righteous. Our righteousness comes from God. Fasting is also not a tool to control others. It's not a hunger strike. I'm going to fast until you do what I want you to do. Nope. That's called manipulation. And if you're going to do that, then go ahead and starve, because I'm not doing what you want me to do. Fasting is not a way to control others. And also, fasting is not a way to control God. All right, God, I'm doing this. Now you need to do this and this and this for me. No, he's God. He does whatever he wants to do. Fasting is not a way to manipulate God either. Here's my warnings about fasting. Don't fast with wrong motives or wrong attitudes. If you're not living the way God desires, know that your fasting will accomplish nothing. Isaiah 58 tells us that when the people of God were fasting regularly, but the Bible tells us their hearts were far from God. And God said, I want obedience more than your sacrifice. 
So fasting is a, is a sacrifice, but first make sure your heart is ready to obey God or else you're just going through the motions. You praise God with your lips, but your heart are, are far from him. And also don't be quick to tell everybody, like I said, that you're on a fast. Fasting isn't for appearances. Fasting is so that you can give more of yourself to God. Not that you can get more of God, but that you can give him more of you. That's what fasting is. So I want to give some instructions on fasting because I want to make sure, I'm going to give you a challenge at the end of this message this morning, and I want to make sure you know what I'm talking about, where we're going. So fasting includes abstaining from food or drink or habits or pleasures to intentionally be with God. It could also be abstaining from technology to allow space for listening to the voice of God or abstaining from comforts in order to give God undivided attention. Fasting, what it does for us is it addresses excessive attachments or appetites and the entitlements behind them in partnering with God to change habits. Fasting also, what's incorporated in fasting is a way of repenting and waiting on God. Fasting is a way of seeking strength to persevere, to obey, and to serve. And one thing that we know for sure is that fasting helps us overcome addictions, compulsions, whims, and cravings. Because if we can have self-control in one area, that bleeds over to the other areas where we're losing control. If you're saying, God, I'm wrestling with this. I keep going back to this. I keep doing this. I keep having the same attitude about this. Fasting says, God, I'm going to give you this time. I'm going to push away, have self-control here. Give you this time that I'm going to seek you, believing that what I do here will affect there. And it will, because you're building up a discipline of good habits. Why should we fast? Because I believe as followers of Jesus to establish the, God's kingdom in us and see the move of God through us, we need to establish this healthy habit. In this same chapter that Jesus is talking about in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus talking about giving and praying and fasting, he begins to tell us not to be anxious. And in verse 25, he says this, Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, or about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Fasting addresses all of those things. Is that ironic? No. I think Jesus tied those two things together. When you fast, it helps you to worry less. When you fast, it helps you to be less anxious because our lives get so consumed with what we'll eat, what we'll drink, what we'll wear, who's doing what on social media, how am I going to keep up with them? And you begin to set those things aside. Is life not more than food and drink, and your body more than what you'll wear. Fasting helps us remember that life is beyond just what we experience with our five senses. Jumping down to verse 31, he says this, Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. 
The beautiful thing about fasting is it's demonstrating that you seek God's kingdom first. I'm not going to seek out all of these other things to make me comfortable, make me feel good. I'm going to seek your kingdom first. And what is the, what's the beautiful promise? It says all those other things that you laid aside that you could seek me, I'll add those back to you anyway. But we get it backwards, don't we? I need this, I need this, I need this. If I'm going to get better at this, I want this. I'm going to make sure I take care of myself and make sure I do all these things. And God's saying, no, stop. Seek me first. And all those other things I'll add to you. Don't get it turned around. Don't mix it up. Come to me. Instead of eating, we're seeking. Instead of drinking, we're seeking. Instead of shopping or consuming, we're seeking. And the benefits of fasting is this, that the kingdom of God will be established in our lives and will bear fruit of his righteousness. And all these things will be added to us. So here's my call. Here's my challenge to us today. I'm going to ask you to join me for the next 21 days in fasting and prayer. I want you to set aside time by fasting to seek God in prayer and ask him to establish his kingdom in your life. To decide even now in this moment, what are the things I need to be fasting for? Is it for freedom? Is it to overcome addiction? Is it to hear the voice of God more clearly? And begin to thank God, what are you going to do in the next 21 days of my life when I purposely deny myself of these things so that I can seek you? If you're going to do a, a food fast, I want to give a little bit of guidance there. So those of you who've never fasted before, I would encourage you maybe fast one meal a day. And instead of eating, you're praying. You're seeking God. Those who, are, who have fasted before, maybe there's, you've probably heard of the Daniel fast. I've mentioned it before. That's, a, that's considered a partial fast when you're eating only certain types of foods. You're only drinking certain type of liquids. And you're denying yourselves of the good stuff. I always thought it was funny that Daniel fast had all the, how to make your food taste good on the Daniel fast. Isn't that defeating the purpose? Shouldn't I be a little bit miserable when I'm eating these raw carrots? Yes. Man, why am I trying to figure it all out? Man, th this is the best potato I have ever had in my life. Thank you, Daniel fast. No, that should not be the way it is. I think that we should have a little bit of, we should wrestle with it. We should feel it. We need to feel it. So if you want to do the Daniel fast, you can look that up. There's about a million people selling books on how to, what recipes are out there, but try, try that. If you want to do a partial fast tonight, if you want to do a, a normal fast that, that can be considered three days, no eating, and then take a break, and then come back and do it again, three days, not eating, just drinking a lot of water. I do want to give this information. Don't fast food if you're sick, if you're pregnant, or if you're nursing. If you have diabetes or you have other types of illnesses that affect your blood sugar levels, then you need to consult with your physician first before you go on the fast, see what kind of fast you can do. doesn't mean you don't have to or you can't fast, but it just means you need to be wise about it because these are bodies that we need to take care of. Amen? Uh, I would always encourage you to stay hydrated. Drink as much water as you can on the fast. Know that you're going to be a little bit irritable for the first few days. Spouses. Have grace. Amen. 
I mean, that's the best excuse in the world, too, if you're arguing with your spouse. Babe, I'm, I'm fasting right now. Give me a minute. <laughs> You'd be like, oh, yes, Lord, thank you. God, break whatever's in him in the name of Jesus. Right, come on, amen, somebody over here. Yeah. Now, if you're, new, if you're new to fasting, I would encourage you, like I said, one, fast, one meal a day and spend that with the Lord. I would encourage you, too, if, you, if you're wanting to start the 21 days, the plan is to start it today so that it will be done by Super Bowl Sunday. Thank you, Jesus. Is that not a miracle in itself? <laughs> the Lord worked it out all in mysterious ways for us. But you would start today, and you would start at dinner. If you're wanting to start your fast, you'd start at dinner. That would be, that'd be day one for us. <laughs> And if you're just doing a meal a day, you can fast dinner. If you want to do one day, you can fast dinner at dinner, then breakfast and lunch, and then you can eat dinner again the next day if you don't want to do a total fast. And what to do when you fast? Well, let me say this first. When you come off the fast, this is also going to be difficult going into Super Bowl Sunday, but don't break it with a ton of bad food because you will feel it in all the wrong ways. Amen. Do you know what I mean? Do you hear what I'm saying? Yeah, it will be of biblical proportions. Let me just tell you that if you eat really bad food off of a fast. So be smart about that. Come back gently off of it. But what to do in your fast, I want you to take your Bibles and take a bottle of water and just sit quietly with the Lord and tell the Lord what the prophet Samuel said to him. Speak, God, your servant is listening. Or even say, here I am, Lord, and listen to his voice. Begin to pray over the things that he puts on your heart to pray for. Let the feeling of emptiness tug you in the direction of Jesus. And if there's things going on in your family, pray about that. If there's stuff going on in your life that you want deliverance from, pray about that. Pray about anything that comes to your mind in that moment. Offer yourself to God. Offer this time to the Lord. Spend time to him. Worship. Even I would encourage you reading Psalm 103, starting in verse 1 through 5. That's, a, that's a, a psalm of praise to God. It gets your mind right. It gets your heart right to hear from him. Bring your desires to God and ask him to line your desires up with his will and his word. Offer your heart to him and be still and listen. Because I'm believing over the next 21 days that we'll begin to see breakthrough in our lives and the lives of others because of our fast, because we decide to say, God, we will seek you more than the things that we normally fill ourselves with. And you may not see the miracle right on day 22, or you might see it on day two. We don't know how God's going to work. But even if you see breakthrough in the beginning, don't stop. It might be to see do you really want me or did you just really want this? Be mindful. Don't give up. Don't stop because you get something that you're wanting because we're telling God, I want you more than anything. I want you. For some of us, I really believe that God's going to break things off of our lives. And whatever that you decide to give up or turn away I don't need to know about it. I don't need to know everything about it. But I do know that God is going to add to you your life because you have 
sought him first in his righteousness. This is the promise of God to us.